Hello, goblins and ghouls, and welcome to My Haunted Life Podcast, the podcast all about the dark history behind your favorite paranormal stories. I'm your host, Angela Hartshorn. Hello, goblins and ghouls. I'm back. Happy Friday the 13th. Of course, I had to do something for Friday the 13th. How is everyone doing today? I hope you are all amazing and wonderful and just doing overall well. I missed you very much. Did you miss me too? It's been a little bit difficult around here lately and I'll try to fill you in as quickly as possible. There's just a lot, so it seems like it's not that quick. As some of you may know, we had a loss in the family, and the whole family was devastated. I just crashed mentally, and then none of us handled it well. And then something that a lot of you might not know is only a couple days After that, I went down with COVID. My first official time having it, which is kind of amazing after three years. But now I'm pretty damn sure I had it in March of 2020. One way or another, it sucked. Even though I only had like one day where I thought I was going to die, I had 103.9 fever. I thought my eyes were going to explode from my skull. It was it was rough. But I only had one day of that. The rest of it was just this horrible, gunky head cold. And God, has that taken so much out of me. I am so tired and it just it kicked my butt. I feel like I wasn't sick that long really bad but the recovery is taking like twice as long so far I swear I have not picked up smoking this is just how I sound (laughs) there was a lot of coughing I had like no voice for three days it was it was insane that being said also allergies are awful right now and everything is on fire yay Colorado um so that's not helping the sound. Uh, a happy reason for me sounding like hell is on top of all this, the shining, wonderful thing that I held on to was that I got to go see Stevie Nicks in concert at Red Rocks. And, oh, it was good. It was such an amazing, wonderful experience. It's It is definitely what my soul needed after everything. And all I did was rest up for Stevie. And it still almost killed me. If you guys aren't familiar with Red Rocks, go to a show at Red Rocks. You have to do it at least once in your life. It's freaking amazing. 
oh, but it's a climb and there's a lot of freaking stairs, let me tell you. And that that's like all I did the last week was rest up for that and it was totally worth it. I also wanted to give the biggest shout out to the one and only Kayla, admin over on the Facebook group. She's been keeping it alive over there while I was down. But really, most importantly, I missed her birthday. I haven't missed her birthday since kindergarten. We have literally known each other since kindergarten. And I missed her birthday. And I feel awful and very ashamed of the whole thing. I didn't even realize it was May. And when I realized that, I was very devastated. So, babe, when you hear this, I love you. You are amazing. You are gorgeous. And you seriously are growing more beautiful every day. I I just love you. And I hope you had a great day. And happy birthday, my dear. Okay. So, this week's episode was supposed to come out two weeks ago. But that's when the death happened. So, it's happening now. This week, I am talking to the wonderful Candace O'Farren Black of the Julian Black's Arcane Vampire Ball. We are talking about a Colorado vampire legend? Candy has told me this story before, and I've heard rumblings of it, but I could never really find a whole lot on it. So we just delved into this story finally and it, it was pretty it was pretty fascinating i i really didn't expect a lot from this story and candy did great candy did did some research man and since it is semi-local we are planning to go and investigate it soon we we're supposed to hopefully do it before the podcast come out but everything went out Anyways, for those in the area, you might know that the Arcane Vampire Ball already happened. It happened May 1st. That being said, Candy and I talk about it a lot on this episode. I heard it was a really great event. It went really, really well. I'm so proud of them. They worked their butts off on this and they made a great event. I highly recommend you come out next year. That being said, Julian is hosting the Colorado Springs Vampire Soiree this weekend. This Saturday. He has another event. Definitely check it out if you can. It's only $10 to get in and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked, and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. Alright, today for the podcast, we have a really special podcast. Today, I didn't get to do any research. It's all brought to you by the Arcane Vampire Ball, 
this year in Denver, and we have the quote-unquote vamp of all trades, the wonderful, my darling friend, Candace O'Farren Black on with us, and she's going to tell us a story. How are you, Candace, my dear love? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Me too. I wasn't sure there for a little bit, but we made it work, and it's great. Um, I want to know, uh, and I just want to point this out real quick, total sidebar. Darling Candace is sitting in the most sexy of couches, drinking red tea that looks very blood-like. I'll post a picture. It's awesome. We are so aesthetic today. It's amazing. Wait, I don't think I have a picture of the tea. There we go. Okay, now I have one. We are talking about blood. We are talking about vampires. Who's to say it's not actually blood? You told me it was tea. I ruined it. (laughs) It I ruined the gimmick. I'm sorry. So tell us about this arcane vampire ball event. So the Arcane Vampire Ball, it's happening on May 1st at the Church Night Club. Um, It's a really cool event. We have multiple performers. Um, We have some DJs. Um, We're also partnering with this really cool organization called the Blue Bench. So it's going to be a great event um, and definitely worth checking out. It's a good excuse to dress up, wear some things, and have a good night. Is there, like, a theme other than, like, gothy vampire i'm like i don't know if you need more of a theme but this year's theme is very open um for our marketing we're doing a lot of phoenix rising from the ashes imagery but um it's a very open theme we just ask that people don't arrive wearing street clothes like blue jeans khakis t-shirts or baseball hats no redneck vampires no redneck vampires. No uh, Jackie Daytonas, unfortunately. Oh! I could totally have made an argument for that now. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to go find a Jackie Daytona shirt and wear it to the, <laughs> the ball. <laughs> if people don't understand the reference, it's what we do in the shadows. And it's an amazing episode. Um... The title, Vamp of All Trades, where does that come from and what the hell does that mean? So I'm helping with a little bit of everything. I'm a Julian Black second in command, so if he's not there, I'm there to help anyone out. I'm assisting where really anyone needs me. Initially, Julian wanted to call me the vampire's assistant, but I wasn't I wasn't done with the Circuity Freak reference. <laughs> I mean, for uh, I should say for those who don't know, Mr. Julian is top, what, CEO, producer, producer, that's the word we want, producer for the ball, but also your darling husband. Yes. So it's kind of a grassroots kind of thing, because like everybody on staff, our dear friends, I'm technically on staff, so this is like conflict of interest but that's okay i'm allowed it's my podcast um but you know it's just 
a small nerdy group of goths coming together to create a wonderful community event. It is, yeah, it's very local. Everyone on staff, on immediate staff is local. We do have some performers and out-of-town people coming in, but we really just want it to be an event where everyone can come together and have fun and have a good sense of community. I love that. I had a really good question. I uh, know I forgot what it was. Uh, what what should people expect from the event? Ooh, what should they expect? Like the vibe, the layout of the night. What are you wanting? All of it. All of it. All of it. Well, the doors open at eight p.m. Um, the night is starting with DJs, so you'll come in, have some great music, be able to dance, get some drinks, check out our vendors. We have an amazing collection of vendors. Um, then we are doing our heralding. So this year for our heralding or red carpet entrance, um, we're asking people to donate a certain amount if they would like to be announced or have a banner hung. Um, that'll be the next part. And after that, we'll have some performances and more dancing and a few other performances scattered throughout the night. And yeah, we have performances from Sanctum Noir, Presley Peach, um, Orpheo Fun. Oh, goodness. I can't remember everyone. Oh, that's fine. I mean, people might not know who they are specifically. So what? what what's kind of the genres? What are we looking at? Because I know Sanctum Noir is like goth, dark, belly dance fusion thing. Fusion belly dance. Um, we have an opera singer. We have a circus performer who has an amazing surprise for everyone. Ooh. Um, we also do have an ambient cir- circus performer who will be riding his unicycle and juggling throughout the night. Um, we have amazing go-go's provided by Rue Entertainment to really set the vibe. Um, uh, I just want to sidebar real quick. If you hear howling in the background, people in my neck of the woods still howl at 8 o'clock. So, hopefully they stop soon. Okay, I think they finally stopped. Like, half the neighborhood still erupts. It's insane. Okay, sorry about that. All right. And, but, yeah, just a lot of performances and cool things happening. I love that. A little bit of everything, really. Um, How much are the tickets? Ooh, tickets. Let me double check real quick to see what ticket level we're at. I stumped you. You did. I'm awful with numbers. (laughs) I mean, it's only like a week or so until the event. This will be coming out the Thursday right before the event. So, it, it, you know... All right, so our VIP tickets are 75 and our GA tickets, they go up to, uh, we still have some of our Midnight Bat, which is our mid, not mid-level, but mid-purchase tickets. So Midnight Bat tickets are 30, and after that, they go up to 35. Um, they will be a little bit more at the door. Um, Julian is finding out how much that will be, and 
Yeah, um, uh, VIP is really cool. It comes with a goodie bag, backstage access, uh, access to the balcony. So you'll be able to hang out where the DJs are and enjoy even having your own private bar or private to the VIP. I mean, that's pretty spiffy. $75 for a VIP experience is kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did want to ask, what, sweetie? Sorry. You get a goodie bag with a lot of fun things. See, I love that. Uh, I did want to ask, what is the Blue Bench and why are you partnering with them? So the Blue Bench, um, they are a coalition in Denver. Um, They focus on advocacy for preventing sexual assault as well as providing support for um, victims and uh, resources. They're really cool. Um, they are also supportive of the LGBTQ community and, and very open. That's awesome. That That is definitely something that we need more support for. It is. They do a lot in the community. They go to schools, they go to bars, and just do a lot with the community, which I really admire. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. I'm writing down little notes to ask you things. Um, Wonderful. I mean, I can't believe how quickly the whole event is coming up. I know I personally haven't figured out what I'm going to wear. What are you wearing? (laughs) I am working on a coat with cape sleeves and leggings. I'm going to be running around most of the night, so I'm going comfortable rather than fancy. If I remember correctly, you are cheating this year and wearing pants. I am. They're, they're leggings, kind of. They're like leather leggings. Ugh. You have no idea how tempted I am. You should do it. Mm, we'll see. You're Everybody tune in later to see if I figure out what to wear to the ball. Anyways, let us continue with the podcast today because I feel like almost as long as we have been friends, you have told me about this story. Maybe. I. Oh, goodness. I read about it in 2016. So, yeah, probably around there. No, we've been friends a little bit. No, we've been longer than that. Never mind. I lied. I made it sound like really cool and dramatic and you totally just ruined it. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Um, anyways. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, but yes, you've been telling me this story and I've heard like snippets, but I could never find any good information on it. So I just thought it was kind of a urban legend kind of thing. But you found... Like, there, there's concrete things behind the legend. And I'm so excited. Because today, Candace is telling us about the vampire of Lafayette, Colorado. Because nothing in that sentence makes sense for anybody who's actually out here. It's like, really? A vampire? What? That doesn't make sense. So... Candy, tell us about our vampire. 
So I know Colorado, most people don't think of us for vampire stories. You think of vampires, you think of places like New Orleans, not Colorado. Right? Okay, so total sidebar, what do we get in Colorado then? Don't we have a whale? We have like the rock slider. That thing. I like to say Bigfoot. We probably get a lot of Bigfoots. Aliens. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I bet our big one would be aliens. With Okay, sorry. Total sidebar. It just clicked in my brain and I wanted to bring that up. Okay, sorry. Ignore me. Keep going. <laughs> You're fine. So, um, the one story that really does stick out is about um, Theodore, or as his nickname was, Fodor Galva. Um, he's very buried in the cemetery in Lafayette. Um, the story that the tree that from the center of his grave is... Uh, grew out of the stake that was stuck in his heart to kill him. There's and a tr- they say... There's a tree? There's there's supposedly a tree growing out of the center of the gravesite. Huh. If oh. you look at photos. Huh. Yeah, the folklore says that it sprung out of a stake that was used to stake him. Um, they also say that the rosebush growing around... Um, are his fingernails that are still growing even after death. Ooh. And I... people also reported seeing a tall, thin man with dark hair and long fingernails when visiting the grave. Honestly, that makes me just kind of think of Julian. Literally, my mind just went to Julian. <laughs> I'll have to ask him if he's haunting <laughs> the vampire grave. I'm like, you just described that, and I'm like, uh... Yeah, that, that, that sounds like <laughs> Julian. Anyways, we'll post a picture of Julian so you can see what the vampire apparently looks like. (laughs) So another interesting thing, um, local lore says that some townspeople dug up the grave and found blood by Galva's mouth, his teeth seemingly larger than normal, and his nails still growing. Um, This could be true, but there are also, like, the natural decay after death and your nails and hair do continue to grow. I mean, yeah, um, I was about to ask them. Like, isn't that a natural process that happens? And I feel like that's one of those things that always comes up in these vampire cases. Is like, oh my god, blood and fingernails. I think hair, too. I think the hair looks like it continues to grow. One thing, I was very, very interested in vampires in high school. And I was reading up on the full floor. And I think I read something where it's not actually that your hair grows, it's your skin and everything kind of receding away. Yeah, exactly. Not that it's growing. Because the same thing with the nails. So they look like they're getting longer, but it's everything else shriveling around them. Because I mean, Um, like we were talking about with like the influenza and, you know, consumption. Um... People are just going, and this is what really stoked, like, the New England vampire panic and everything. Like, this was a thing. It was such a thing. Anyways, sorry. But um, the story says after they saw this, um, they drove a stake through his heart and reburied him. Okay, and that's where we get the the stake that grew into a tree. Right. Okay. There's no, I've 
found a whole lot of actual documentation, but that's what the story says. Mm. I mean, it's a good story. It's a good story. But that's the stories and the folklore. Um, There's also people, um, claims of batteries draining when near the grave, um, shadow figures standing at the grave, um, disembodied voices and strange lights at the grave. Um, And also there was a recording that was caught of someone saying, you want my steak? So that's, those are some interesting things that have been reported. Weird. Um, but to kind of go on to a little bit of a flip side on a more technical term from uh, Krista Berry. She's the director of the Miners Museum in Lafayette Historical Society. She says the only documents to support the legend of Galva, Galva's, um, the legend are Galva's obituary and his draft card. Um, the only connection to vampires really is his homeland and the tree growing from his grave. There's not really a whole lot else that would connect him to vampires. Where is he from? So he was born in Romania. Mm. Um if you would like, I can read his obituary for you. Yeah. I All love right, primary cool. documents. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I did find his obituary. Um, it says Theodora Fodor Galva was born August 1st, 1877 in Romania and died December 4th, 18, or 1918 due to influenza. Um, and the obituary reads Theodore Galva, an Austrian miner, employed at the Simpson mine, died suddenly Wednesday morning following an attack of influenza. He had so far recovered as to be uptown the evening before his death, but suffered a relapse. He was aged 43 and is survived by his wife, who is in Austria. Burial will be made this afternoon. One thing that I do find interesting is um, his obituary states he is an Austrian miner. Mm -hmm. So... Would it be that he was born in Romania but immigrated to Austria, would you say? Um, I thought the last, the information there was interesting. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, I'm trying to remember. Fortunately, I don't remember a lot of Romanian Austro history. Um, so I don't remember if they overlap country-wise um that because that's really interesting um i mean they're all very close maybe they because i think romania is just like right i think it's like right here and like austria is like right here i think you're right um but I don't know how they work jurisdiction-wise with one another. That would be an interesting thing. See, we should have Googled that. Look at us. Um, yeah, because everything I have is... Because I looked it up real quick, and I have... Um, <laughs> uh, I, I found Transylvania immediately. So everybody's like, oh my god! So that would... Romania. That makes sense. Okay. Anyways, continue. Sorry, honey. And yeah, I found oh, I found the picture of the tree. That is a very <laughs> big tree. 
Right out the center of the gravesite. Yeah. Um, Which, but, yeah, the way I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm assuming he's probably buried the other way. Right. But for for the time being, we're going to say, no, the tree is the stake that grew. Damn it. Okay, continue. The folklore says you gotta go with it. Yeah. Um, but I think so. I know, like a lot of vampire stories, do seem to go hand in hand with disease. Um, mm-hmm. Like tuberculosis was one where a lot of families would believe their loved one was a vampire. But um, his obituary did state that they knew he had influenza and knew what he died from. So that kind of does a little bit make it seem like they might not have th- thought he was a vampire. Um, <laughs> I mean, for God's so, sake, so many people died. It, I think it's like 50 million deaths or something insane from the 1918 influenza outbreak, for God's sakes. A lot of people died. They did. Yeah. Um, something interesting from... Um, Krista Berry, she's the director at the Miners Museum. Um, she stated that she believes the story surrounding Galva was stated, started by high schoolers in the 50s or 60s due to kind of fascination with vampires and that pop culture. Pop culture. Okay, okay. But on away from the Historical Society and Miners Museum, I did find some. Um, oh goodness, paranormal investigations. Which is where everything gets interesting. Guys, did you, did you get the recordings that I nope. sent? Uh, uh, I refused to listen to them until we could listen to them together. All right, so before we get to them, um, I am going to go over Rocky Mountain Paranormal, their findings. Um, they found that Batteries remain okay at the grave, and there are no EMF variances at or near the grave. Um, Their conclusion was current stories are only coming from ghost hunters who are looking for the vampire and not the locals who are in the area all the time. Um, This explains how the urban legend is still spreading, even though the locals have realized that it's not a claim based on reality. Yeah. But then we have NM Paranormal. Um, They did say they believe there is... A spirit, not the grave. Um, they don't believe it is a vampire. I told him to be quiet. <laughs> okay, so they don't believe it's a vampire, but they did get a feeling of sadness and slight annoyance. Um, the NM Paranormal on their website, they found claim they claim that they found various newspaper clippings. Um, that say several years ago, we found a doll with a pin stuck through its heart, um, that someone had placed on the grave, said former police chief. I read it as a voodoo tradition to prevent the buried person from raising out of his grave. I could not find anything on this newspaper clipping. Interesting. So sorry. Um, the only thing I could find on that was from that paranormal investigation. Huh. Cause I'm like, we don't have a lot of voodoo out here either yeah no and i feel like that would be something that would make the news out here oh yeah i mean that there there was an incident in 
where in the hell was it? I want to say Canyon City. I remember because my grandmother's down there and she saw it on like in the local paper and we had to look it up. And it was a guy who went after someone because he believed they had a voodoo doll of him and were using it and it ended up in an assault charge. Not the guy with the voodoo doll, if I remember correctly. It was the guy who thought they had it. Um, But that, I hate to say it, voodoo out here, people don't understand it. They know it from horror movies. So, as much as I hate to say it, yeah, that that makes news. It does. Um, they also, let's see. Um, they also said, according to the local police, people walking through alone get beaten up when they show up. There is no one around, and the footprints lead back to that grave. That. Um, they have a side note on that where uh-huh. they said all around the grave is grass old and unkept i cannot see how footprints could be there huh. um i could not find any clippings either on that statement i have never been out to lafayette is it like it's not big city in any way shape or form right it's a very small little city um it's in boulder county oh so if you're from the that area um it's a nicer area. What? It's a nicer area. Yeah, it's a little bit of a nicer area. Um, the times I've been down there, it's very quiet. Okay. So it's not like you're getting randomly mugged in the cemetery kind of thing. No, it's not, hmm. like, not like where I live. <laughs> yeah, don't go outside. Make sure your doors are locked in Aurora. Just saying. All of the Colorado um, people will understand. But on the flip side, um, that investigation group and Am Paranormal did have some fun recordings. I'm so excited for this. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, so right. are we wanting to start with the You Want My Steak uh, recording? I mean, I am all ready for this. But yeah, I feel like I feel like since we've talked about it. I have to find it. Okay, I found it. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is we'll listen to it. Yeah, we're going to listen to it. All right. All right, recording. I heard absolutely nothing. Okay. Um, that's a really weird one. I, so I had this thing with EVPs. I totally believe in EVPs and people catching them. And I think they are a wonderful source for paranormal evidence and investigation, all that. I can almost never hear them (laughs) unless they are class A EVPs, which are like the holy grail of EVPs. I don't get them half the time. It is not my strong suit in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I 
I'm going to try one more time to see if I can get it. See, I can hear it. Let me see. Oh, yep. Now I heard it. Like you have to find in the dust, in the dust, that's not the right word, the, 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 <laughs> the scrunchy stuff, uh, where it is. And it almost, I hate to say it, it almost sounds like a feminine voice, which is kind of strange. Like there's a little bit of a tone there and don't worry, I'll like cut these in to the podcast so everybody can hear them with us and not just whatever in the hell I'm doing. (laughs) We're going to do both, but we're giving you the live react as well. All right. Yeah, it does sound very feminine. It kind of sounds like an angry, like, pissed off woman. So really quick sidebar, my loves. I tried really hard how trying to figure out how to embed the evp sounds well and i i couldn't i i'm not technologically advanced enough for this apparently uh but they are all on the website or the link to them are on the my haunted life podcast website so for clear versions please go there all right, so it looks like the next one is supposed to be We're Here. Um, asked out loud if there were any spirits that wanted to talk. The response was We're Here, according to their notes. So let's okay. take a look. just really used to having cats around it did sound like a cat it kind of sounds bit. like a bitchy cat <laughs> someone trained their cat to talk a little bit yeah like around screaming hello yeah that kind of thing it's just i can hear where they where the we're here comes from but to me it just sounds like a very irritated cat nice. um my thing is, I, if, kind of, I I kind of hear a little bit of the where at the beginning. Yeah, like I I can I can hear it. I can you know the the joys of matrixing. You can make out these things, especially since we know what they're supposed to say. Right. Maybe I shouldn't read what it's supposed to say before we listen to it. Let's try that for the next two, and then we'll read it after All the right. fact. But no, I'm like, okay. my thing is, if if that's the werewolf, werewolf, Jesus, if that is the vampire, who's the weir? Yeah. So who's there? there? Are, um, so because it, they, um, Galvo was buried in a very poor part of the cemetery. So his grave is shared. Oh, with another person. Um, it is. Let me double check my notes. No, you're good for it. Good. 
Th that's really interesting. Okay. Um. <coughs> Because like the grave does not kill me, but um, if you look at the photos of the grave, um, there is his name, and then there's a dash and another name on the other side. Mm -hmm. So there are um, two people there. Let me take a look real quick. Let me pull up the photos. That's what I'm doing. Um. Um. Yeah, I was trying to see what that was, because in a lot of the photos, there's stuff on it, and it looks like neither name is English. I believe they were both from Transylvania or Romania. Um, Born in... It just says part. Let's see. Because the other, like, his definitely says born in Transylvania. Right. Oh, goodness. I'm not finding the name of the person who was. I'm, I'm looking at the grave, but there is absolutely no way I can pronounce that. Right. And that's the other thing. I'm like, what? That's really interesting. It's like the Ramonian trend tradar. Yeah. So it's uh, the grave says uh, two Romanian. So I think maybe there were. I I'm not sure exactly. Hmm. I couldn't find a whole lot explaining on that. But there are two people who are buried there. That's interesting. Okay. that That's always fun when you find evidence later to kind of link things. <laughs> I mean, it's dangerous. It's how you go down rabbit holes and connect things that probably shouldn't be connected. But it's fascinating. It is. That's a good way to spend a night. Right? This is why I ended up with the podcast. Okay, EVP number three. We are going to read the name of it this time, so we can try to get our own opinion. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not testing it. All right, no information going in. Thank you, SoundCloud. <laughs> that almost sounded like laughing. I, a little bit. I definitely heard laughing. It almost sounds like uh uh hate to say it, but like a jackal. A little bit. It doesn't sound human or at least not like a normal it I hate to say it but do you remember the little like animatronic cheap Halloween cute little decor things you could buy I do that's what the laugh sounds like to me a little bit 
It's just a little bit. Yeah. It also, it kind of reminds me, like, I, I worked in a haunted house once and I used to use that laugh, kind of laugh. Yeah. So it's a <laughs> it, very Halloween. It's, it's very Halloween-y haunt. Uh, it makes me a little bit skeptical about that particular one and maybe the rest of them. Yeah, because I was like, is it a pissed off bird? But I'm like, it's it's definitely sounds like a laugh. Mm-hmm. Which, again, the fact that it sounds absolutely fake and <laughs> uh, manufactured. It did. Also, the first two recordings sounded like kind of like the same person a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not I kind of want to go back and listen to them again, but they almost sounded like they were the same person. I completely agree. I EVP, but it does make me wonder if they didn't manufacture the sounds. You know, it's always something uh, you got to risk with these things because I could see the same familiar tone in the third one as well, which I'm like mm-hmm. getting really good EVPs over and over again from one group. And the other, I'm, I'm kind of also wondering if when these were taken, like were these all taken at one um, investigation? Is this over 20 years? Like that I would be very very curious to know because if you're getting all these in one investigation and we're not even done we still have a fourth one to listen to we do shall we find out what this is yes The 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 um, title of that one is the uh, orgasmic ghost, and I definitely hear it. And I will say, it uh, definitely sounds like a different vocal tone. That one definitely does. <laughs> so that's very interesting. And it's uh, yeah, we're gonna. C- I'm going to have to splice these into the podcast because some of these are really interesting. I'm like, okay. Okay. You know, everybody likes vampires. Apparently that continues from beyond the grave. So I wanted to ask you, when did these sightings like really get popular? Like, is there like, a sporadic time of sightings of the vampire did you were you able to uncover that i know you were talking about the um i can't remember her name the director thinking that a lot of these came out in the 1950s you know we're starting to get our horror movies at this point dracula is a well-known figure for god's sakes what bella lugosi was 1932 if i remember right Mm -hmm. so people know 
vampires. They know the name Transylvania in association with vampires. So I'm curious if there's a rash amount of sightings that you could find. I couldn't find anything on people actually stating when they saw these sightings or when it happened. The only thing that I could find of an actual date was Krista Berry uh, saying that it probably started in the 50s or 60s. Okay. Um, I found a lot of articles talking about it in the late 2000s, early 2010. Okay. So that's more articles written about the grave, but not really so much about sighting, just a general interest of, hey, check this out. This is kind of cool. And the folklore around it is really interesting. But I couldn't really find anything with the actual sightings. Um, I know people do the typical go there at midnight and you'll see it. But that's the only thing I could find with the time, not actual dates. Okay. So I was curious because this, as much as I hate to say it, it sounds very similar to like the Highgate vampire in England. Which probably really wasn't a vampire, but um, a really cool ghosty thing, which I totally need to do a podcast on because sex magic gets involved. It's really cool and very strange. Oh, yeah. No, it gets out there. But um, that's that, that's like a 70s thing. I think it was like 70s, 80s. Um, and that's when a lot of these more I don't want to say outrageous stories but it's the only word coming to mind at the moment really started to get really popular uh that's when the demons really started to get popular too you know I just had a horrible thought since you said like 2000 2010s (sighs) isn't that when Twilight started to come out Oh, God, no, it is. Ah! So, you have the resurgence in popular vampire media, so that's probably when the myth came back around and became popular again. Or not myth, folklore, myth, same thing, similar. I mean, it could be one of those things that because vampires were popular in pop culture again, these people writing these cute little pieces for the paper were bringing them up again because they were popular again, you know. One begots the other kind of thing. No, that that's that makes me sad. And we haven't been out there yet. You haven't been out there yet, right? I have not. I'm a Colorado native and I've heard the story and somehow have never ventured out there. Yeah. Come on, vampire person. Uh, I guess when I looked it up, it's an hour and 45 minutes from me. So I'm guessing it's probably like 45 for you in that case. That sounds good. Um, we might have to do a second part of the podcast of us going in and actually investigating. I'd be down with that. We might have to leave Julian at home so we don't get him confused with the other vampire, though. Uh, 
we would. He's too vampire-y. Or... With his long red coat and long nails and dark hair. Or we could use him as a trigger object. Yeah, I, I, I would use Julian as a trigger object. That sounds like fun, actually. Okay. Okay. We'll go vampire hunting. Um, Just don't get any stakes near him. Julian or the vampire? Julian. The the vampire's already been staked. Don't don't stake the husband. You sure? (laughs) Anyways. um, Is there any other fun folklore with him? I know... um, when we were stopping in between figure out EVPs, you were talking about how the story goes, if you go there at midnight, you will see him sitting on his grave. Yes, so I saw something, another claim from um, Anam Paranormal. They said that they spoke with um, someone who had tended the graves and he said he would go along with the kids, go up there at midnight and you'll see the vampire sitting right on top of the stone. That, that to me is really interesting because the stone is like, it's a it's flat stone. Really, it is. It's very low to the ground. Yeah. Like it, it is a slab stone flat on the ground. So I'm like, is he just sitting on the ground? Basically, that's what it would be. It wouldn't be an elegant scrawl scrawl across a... Exactly! It would would just be sitting on the ground, basically. Yeah, I'm like, okay. That's interesting. I mean, I'm also sitting on the ground, but... It's slightly less vampiric elegance, though. It is. Uh... Is there anything else attributed to our dear friend? For how do you say his name again? Theodore, and his nickname is um, Theodore. I believe I could be pronouncing it wrong. If anyone hears me pronouncing it wrong and is listening to this, please correct me. But um, Theodore For- Fodor Galva. Fodor. Uh, F-O-D-O-R. Fodor. Fodor. Not like Hordor from Game of Thrones, but with an F. No. Like with an F? Yeah. There's no R until the end. It's just F-O-D-O-R. Fodor. 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 Interesting. I want to know how he got that nickname. I wonder if it's like a Romanian... Something because we we had to look it up because we were curious as well. Is how many like Romanian immigrants ended up in Denver? And all we could find real quick right before we started recording tonight was from 2019, which isn't overly helpful for what we're doing, but it's like point. Three percent of the immigrants to Denver are Romanian. So the fact that two Romanians or another gentleman, I can't read his name, ended up in the same grave together, 
makes me wonder if there's was a small Romanian community out here. So, um, according to uh, Barry, who does the Historical Society, mm-hmm. um, in the article that she had written um, or had made statements on, um, she said there was a new wave of Arab immigrants from Eastern Europe mm. um, in the early 1900s. Okay. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's very interesting. So it makes me wonder if they were like the two Transylvanians in the area. So they just bonded kind of thing. Maybe. That would make sense. Well, I mean, if they're saying we're here, they're still hanging out. At least they're not alone. That'll be us in the afterlife. Just... (laughs) <laughs> right we're, we're gonna make julian get us a really awkward tombstone right both of our names on it and the the tombstone is so strange and i think that's one of the things that is strange about it is there's a tombstone because a lot of time with immigrants and especially minors in a dangerous trade they were usually poor They were usually buried in a pauper's grave. If there was a stone, it was usually, I shouldn't say a stone. If there was a marker, it was usually wood that would eventually have eroded by now. So, I I just... And they are buried in the pauper section of the cemetery. Okay. So, it would be really interesting to go up there and see what the other graves are actually like. No, because now I want to go to, like, the history, if there's, a, like, a local history center, and because I'm like, what, what was going on in this area that these two gentlemen ended up there? And, I mean, that's not scary or anything. Oh, well, it could be scary. Who knows? But, um, no, that that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm gonna, it just means we have to go up there. We do. We're going to make a trip, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely up for a part two. Right? I love it. Um, I think the Miners Museum would probably have the most information on the history. The one down by me? Make it down. Yeah, the Miners Museum in Lafayette. Oh, there's a Miners Museum in Lafayette. Okay. The Miners Museum in Lafayette. Okay, because we have one... Here, we have one in the springs. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, what? Okay. Because I'm like, I'll go there first. Never mind. So we got to figure out. Yep. Uh, Miners Museum, Lafayette Historical Society. So that means we have to figure out a time to go to the cemetery and that the history center is open. Hmm. Fascinating. I love it. Is there anything else that we should know about our boy for Fodor? Fodor. Nothing else. Sadly, I wish there was more information on him, but there's not a ton. You really have to dig to find a lot. Not going to lie, I'm kind of surprised you found as much as you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Great job, honey. And... I think it was great. 
And now the big thing is it's perked enough interest. We have to go. We do. I can't believe I still haven't made it down there. Yeah, but now you have to make me go. And we'll bring the ghost hunting equipment. And we'll see if we get our own EVPs. I will say, though, if we get that vocal tone, I would die. After us, like, calling it a manufactured Halloween toy. And it ended up being the vocal tone we get. I would feel really bad. That's probably what's going to happen, just because we were calling it a manufactured Halloween toy. (laughs) Damn. Karma. Anyways. I still think it was a Halloween toy. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and like again, I can hear the we're here. Again, I think that's a cat. Uh the first one was interesting, the the steak. But I feel like that was almost too on the nose for it to be a because it was a vampire grave, if that makes sense. Right. It's it's a little too convenient. Not a little bit. Not saying it's not not there, but you know, it, that's interesting. I like it. All right, my dear, I will let you go for the evening. Thank you so much for being on. Make thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Yay! We'll have you on more often then. Yeah. Well, you have to be on at least one more time because we had to go vampire hunting. We do. Um, get some good things. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very curious now about all of this. Uh, but yeah, I will see you very soon because the ball is way too soon. By the time this comes out, it'll be the Thursday before the ball. Everybody, make sure to get your tickets. Once again, it is at the church nightclub. Where can people go to find tickets for the ball? Do we have a website or anything set up? So our website is, make sure I'm getting you the correct website. (laughs) It is, um, www.arcanevampireball.com. Beautiful. All right, my dear. Have a good evening. I love you. I'll see you very soon. I'll see you very soon. Thank you to everyone out there listening today. If you're interested in more pictures and info for this week's episode, make sure you check out the website, myhotinlifepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have a ghost story to share, email me at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you tell your friends and family about the show. Word of mouth goes a long way. You can also follow My Haunted Life Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also have the Facebook group. I always love it when people pop in and say hi. Do that. I love that. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, 
please subscribe to the pa- Patreon page. You can support the show for as little as $2 a month. Music is by Ghost Stories Incorporated. And that's it for this show. I'll see you all next week on my Haunted Life podcast. And until then, stay haunted. <laughs>